This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. You're listening to No, No, No on Plains FM. It's time to get philosophical with your host, Noah. Hello everyone, this is No No No, and today we're going to be talking about social interaction, how it helps the individual, what it means for wider society, and what it could mean in the future. We are living in a time when social interaction has never been more difficult. We haven't yet discovered fundamental rules that help us interact more meaningfully with one another, in terms of social media and everyday interaction. What we do collectively know about social interaction isn't actively taught. There is a stigma about wanting to improve socially because it implies that there's something wrong in the first place. We want to believe that we are perfect social beings because to be otherwise is to risk social rejection, which has been humanity's worst fear for centuries. This is because if you got rejected from the cave, this meant dying in the cold. We are biologically hardwired to think this way. But that doesn't mean that we have to. If you've ever had a conversation in which everyone involved felt better afterwards, if you've ever learned something or taught something, if you've ever just had a great love with your friends, you should be proud of yourself. As psychiatrist Robert Waldinger would say, the good life is built with good relationships. Social congruence can make you happier, make you live longer, and change you and the world for the better. Your life and goals can drastically change based on a single conversation. What I want to see in the world is more meaningful conversations. The only way we're going to get through our problems as a society and as individuals is by talking about them. Even though I struggle socially, I will attempt to share with you what I've learned about social interaction. First, We will look at social interaction and day-to-day life, what it means for society, and what social interaction can mean in the future. For some people, social interaction comes naturally. For me, it was something I had to convince myself into through determination and philosophy. Now, I like to shake people's hands, and occasionally I've been known to strike up conversations in elevators. But I wouldn't do that out of second nature. To quote working life, there's... This idea of two people meeting on the road, and instead of just passing and glancing away, they decide to accept what he calls the confrontation between their souls. It's like freeing the brave, reckless gods within us all. A lot of the time, people don't say the challenging things, or even follow through with the simple things. Just because they overthink it, or perhaps they're not sure if they're supposed to. This is particularly true for teenagers. It's easier just to do nothing, and I'm definitely guilty of this. But an inactive life won't get you anywhere. Here are some of the most valuable social skills I've learned that have benefited me personally. Everything I've learned has been from experimenting with it myself, observing it in others, and from YouTube channels such as Charisma on Command. 
I know it might sound a little bit lame, but I have found it really valuable and believe that learning about these things can be crucial to the quality of your life. Using body language is a big one. It's something I've never really paid attention to, but when you actually use it, the difference is uncanny. People feel so much more comfortable around someone who looks like they're comfortable. I'm a very fidgety and angsty person, so I'm often moving around a lot when I'm talking, but when I'm so completely still, I notice that everyone else relaxes and the conversation goes a lot smoother. Obviously, you should still gesticulate, if only for your own amusement, but standing still significantly helps. Another big one is keeping your hands out of your pockets. Our social cues go all the back to the caveman days, when if you had your hands in your pockets, that means you could be hiding a weapon in them. Showing your hands is a sign that you are trustworthy. Try not to overthink it too much, nobody's already going to think they have a weapon on you, but they will subconsciously feel safer if you show them your hands. There are also many tips in the phrases you use. You should never say you should as see it makes you seem arrogant. Never say come here because that sounds condescending. Never say sorry for taking your time because you're literally saying that you're going to take from that person and that's going to put them into defense mode or so I've heard at least. There are plenty more phrases that are total no-no's but if you catch yourself saying any of these don't stress about it too much. It's not going to ruin anyone's life. Just try to be more mindful of what you say, because the little things matter. I would just like to make it clear that it's okay to be socially awkward. I am socially awkward, and then no way invalidates me. Everyone has their own... Everyone has their natural strength, and things they find more challenging. That's what makes us human. The good thing is, we can work on both the things we're already good at, and the things we find more difficult. Now on to what all this means for society. Social interaction is the backbone of everything. Nothing can be created alone. Even if you were to publish a book all by yourself, you would still need someone to read it. This podcast is a perfect example of this. Sure, I write the scripts, but it's a station that so generously provides the equipment, it's Pierre who kindly shows me how to use it, and it's all the researchers and essay writers who give me the information I need to either back up my claims or think twice about them. If we can't connect with people and express our ideas, then our ideas are as good as nothing. It's people that get you to your goal in the end, not only time and skill. In the future, I imagine that we'll find a lot of things we do now to be completely insane. The abuse of social media, for instance. It has so many of us trapped in a cycle of comparing ourselves to others, wasting our time endlessly scrolling, and having group conversations that are entirely digital. We're saying things in front of our friends that we would never say in person, perhaps even starting arguments that would never happen in real life. How many arguments have you had in real life compared to online? I feel like when it comes to real life, we've at least had thousands of years to work out a kind of social etiquette, but online is just too fresh. The people running the apps are trying to sort out this mayhem through censoring people, and a lot of people are leaning into cancel culture, but I don't think that's the right answer. I still think that freedom of speech is important because I wouldn't say constructive like this to suddenly become unspeakable. But then again, I don't really think that would happen. That would be leaning into the slippery slope argument. Just because we won't tolerate people spreading hateful ideas doesn't mean that we're going to ban all ideas. What we need to be doing is educating people and outlining a digital etiquette 
so people don't say things like this quote from Donald Trump. The concept of global warming was created by and for the Chinese in order to make US manufacturing non-competitive. This tweet both undermines the efforts against global warming, a serious issue that affects thousands of lives, and also increases prejudice and even violence towards Chinese people. As such an influential figure, he should not be saying these things. How can you allow free speech when people say things that, are, that inherently make the world a harder place? What is it that leads us to believe that it's okay to say such things? Do we think that the digital world is not as real? It has very real real-world consequences. From a utilitarian perspective, the effects are immense. You can make the whole world worse with one tweet. How do you fix this? I think that the bottom line is that you shouldn't be able to say something that inherently makes the world worse. I'm not sure exactly how you determine what that is, since some things have a domino effect, but other things are pretty obvious and have immediate negative side effects. I don't know if there's anything you can do to stop it before that happens and what should be done about it, but it, it does make sense to start implementing hate speech laws, if not for real life, then at least on social media, since it can reach so many more people. I've always believed that hatred is unproductive and immoral. So, in conclusion, social interaction is crucial to the vibrance of our lives, and there are objective ways to improve it that we should implement into our lives. Society is a big messy house, and it takes a lot of conversation to organize it. We should try our best to be more kind and thoughtful, and use our words to change things for the better. In the future, we will hopefully have enriched our philosophical ideals, and we'll stop spreading hatred, and start spreading love and compassion. The best way we can do this is to be kind to another, be kind to ourselves, and try for little moments of brightness in every day. I hope that you enjoyed my talk on social interaction and all that. Um, now I'll be playing a couple songs, some of my favorite songs. One is um, Fire Coming From The Monkey's Head by The Gorillas, And I chose this one just because it's quite a philosophical and obviously like spiritual song. It gets me thinking about nature and uh, people, character. And the second one I'm going to play is Digital Witness by St. Vincent. Um, it kind of speaks to this new era we're in with social media and how that affects our lives. So yeah, I hope you enjoy these two songs. Once upon a time at the foot of a great mountain, there was a town where the people known as happy folk lived. Their very existence a mystery to the rest of the world, obscured as it was by great clouds. Here they played out their peaceful lives, innocent of the litany of excess and violence that was growing in the world below. To live in harmony with the spirit of the mountain called Monkey was enough. Then one day, strange folk arrived in the town. They came in camouflage, hidden behind dark glasses, but no one noticed them. They only saw shadows. You see, without the truth of the eyes, the happy folk were blind. Hiding out in holes Waiting for the sunset to come People going home Jump that from behind them And shoot them in the head Now everybody dancing The dance of the dead The dance of the dead The dance of the dead 
found their way into the higher reaches of the mountain, and it was there that they found the caves of unimaginable sincerity and beauty. By chance, they stumbled upon the place where all good souls come to rest. The strange folk, they coveted the jewels in these caves above all things, and soon they began to mine the mountain, its rich scene fueling the chaos of their own world. Meanwhile, down in the town, the happy folks slept restlessly, their dreams invaded by shadowy figures digging away at their souls. Every day, people would wake and stare at the mountain. Why was it bringing darkness into their lives? And as the strange folk mined deeper and deeper into the mountain, holes began to appear, bringing with them a cold and bitter wind that chilled the very soul of the monkey. For the first time, the happy folk felt fearful, for they knew that soon the monkey would stir from its deep sleep. Then there came a sound, distant first, that grew into castrophony so immense that it could be heard far away in space. There were no screams. There was no time. The mountain called Monkey had spoken. There was only fire. And then, nothing. Oh, little town of USA, time's come to see There's nothing you believe you want But where were you when it all came down on me? Did you call me now? Get
This has been No No No, and thank you for listening. Catch No 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 with your host, Noah, every second and fourth Friday of the month at 4.30 p.m. on Canterbury's access radio station, Plains FM.